So as I stated, I'd like to talk about wine this morning, and I think it's an extremely interesting subject to, to study. If you just read it and every place you see wine, just take it at face value, then you're missing, we're missing uh, the valuable lesson that the scriptures are, are teaching us. And certainly, if you take it at face value, uh, it would lead to great confusion because we'll see uh, sometimes it's okay to drink wine, sometimes it's not okay. And uh, so we'll, we'll look at that. Uh, most times talks about, or we, when we think of wine, we think about drunkenness and uh, things of that nature, or drunkenness or being sober, and we kind of think along uh, that nature. But we'll look at that, at being drunk, and we'll look at being sober, and uh, there's a thing called mixed wine, and we'll look at, uh, look at that and study that a little bit, where, where it comes from, and that's, actually that's the key to understanding, is the source of this wine. That's really the key to understanding it. And then the effects that it has on uh, individuals. And uh, some of the effects are drunkenness, of course. But also in the scriptures, some of the effects are gladness, joy. Some of the effects are sorrow. Uh, some of the effects are uh, make one to forget. And I'm not sure if we'll get to bring it all in, but that's on a positive and negative. Sometimes make forget, oh, it's a terrible thing. Sometimes make forget is a good thing. So it's a very interesting study. Uh, Wine, it's, uh, it's used for cleansing, it's used for purifying, uh, for healing. Uh, it, uh, we may read it affects the vision, uh, how you walk, it can uh, be poverty. So this wine, uh, I, again, I think it's a very interesting study. Uh, if you just take it face value, you will be confused. So uh, what I'd like, before we talk about wine, I'd like to talk about, uh, just for a moment, you know the Bible, or there's a lot of parables or allegories in the scriptures. And, and I want to give an example of, of one of those in Matthew chapter 16. And Matthew chapter 16 is not talking about wine, but it will help me get across the point that I want to make as we talk about this wine, as we study this wine. So Matthew chapter 16. And again, this is not talking about wine, but this is, this is what we see in the scriptures many times. It's not, the scriptures are not, well, you know, they asked the Lord. They said, Lord, why are you speaking parables? These people don't understand. Why don't you spit it out plain, you know? But he had a reason. He wanted some to hear, some to understand, some he didn't. So he, the Lord spoke this way. Um, and, well, let, let's read this. The Lord, again, is, is speaking this way. 
It, it is clarified here, and it's not always clarified at that particular scripture. Uh, the, uh, well, let me just read it. Uh, Matthew 16 and starting in verse 6. Then Jesus said unto them, Take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. So this is what the Lord spoke to them. And they reasoned among themselves, saying, Is it because we have taken no bread? In other words, we, we haven't brought enough bread for supplies. Is that what he's telling us? You know, and, and uh, the, the Pharisees, since we didn't bring enough bread, uh, is he telling us not to buy the bread uh, that the Pharisees, you know, have? What? So they were, they were confused. But they were looking at bread in the literal sense. And so they reasoned among themselves because, because we haven't taken no bread that he said this. Verse 8, when Jesus perceived, he said unto them, O ye of little faith, why reason among yourselves because ye have brought no bread? See, that's what they were thinking. Well, the Lord said, beware the leavening the Pharisees and Sadducees, and we didn't bring enough bread to last us this whole journey, and, and now what, what are we going to do? We didn't bring enough bread, and, what, and we can't use the bread of the Pharisees and Sadducees, so what, what are we going to eat? And then he said, uh, verse 9, Do you not yet understand, neither remember, the five loaves and the five thousand, and how many baskets you took up? Neither seven loaves... And 4,000, and how many baskets you took up? He says, you really think there's a shortage of bread? We're going to starve to death? Verse 11, how is it that you do not understand that I spoke not unto you concerning bread, but that you should beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees? Then understood they, and he bade them not to beware of the leaven of bread, but of the doctrine of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. Now, again, this is, he clarified this pretty good right, right along with the uh, uh, parables or uh, allegory, whatever you want to call it. He clarified it here. But if he hadn't, if, if this has been clarified some other place in the scriptures, what would we have today for some religions? Well, you can't eat this, this certain bread. Before we could eat uh, bread, we'd have to go to the bread company and find out what they believe. Uh, because we wouldn't want to uh, eat the bread of somebody that didn't believe the truth. We could only, well, it would all depend on Betty baking bread then. I would, I'd be okay with that. <laughs> Betty has good bread. Uh, but it's explained here. But he starts out, beware the leaven of the Pharisees. If they just took it at face value, you see what they would be thinking. You see the instruction they'd be missing. The instruction here is beware the doctrine of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. That's what he's teaching them. But if he hadn't clarified this, would have his whole other religion today. Uh, you can only eat certain bread. You have to make your own bread or whatever. Uh, and then another one but again if you just take it at face value you see the confusion there would be 
And the same will be with wine as we study it. And Debbie, I was thinking of dad one time as he was witnessing to somebody in the plant and he was telling us about it. And, and uh, they posed the question to him, well, you show me a scripture where you're supposed to pay the pastor. So he gave the scripture in Corinthians where thou shalt not muzzle the mouth of the oxen that treadeth out the grain. And uh, then it says, does God take care for oxen? Is that the purpose of that statement? It's in Corinthians. We won't go, but is that the purpose of that statement? Is that the purpose of it? It says, thou shalt not. This is in the law of Moses. In the law of Moses. Not the first ten, but in the law of Moses. Thou shalt not uh, muzzle the mouth of the oxen that treadeth out the grain. And then it says, or Paul said, does God take care for oxen? Is he concerned about the oxen that, well, they're plowing everything. They should be able to eat of this grain. Is that what it's about? He said, or, well, actually, let me, it's in 1 Corinthians 9. Let me, let me just read it instead of uh, butchering it up. 1 Corinthians 9 and, and 9, actually. For it is written in the law of Moses, thou shalt not muzzle the mouth of the ox that treadeth out the grain. And it says, does God take care for oxen? That's what, well, Debbie, and this, this was the answer that this man gave your dad when the next time they met. Uh, he said, well, that wasn't talking about paying a pastor. That's talking about feeding oxen. So he didn't understand. Oh, he looked us on the face uh, value of it. So this says, uh, does, does God take care for oxen? Is that the reason? Or saith he, or say, saith he altogether for our sakes? For our sakes, no doubt, this is written, that he that plows should plow in hope, and that he that threshes in hope should be partaker of his hope. And, of course, it goes on. But anyway, so uh, he gave us manuscripture, and he said, well, that's just talk about feeding oxen. Well, it's plain. It's not. He says, does God take care for oxen? Is that what this is about? And the answer was no. So as we look at this, and we can find many, 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 many uh, places in the scriptures where uh, it's like this. So beware of the leavening of the Pharisees. Wasn't talking about bread at all. But if that's all you saw... How far from the truth are you? You're missing the instruction. So, uh, as we study this, as we study wine, I want us to keep this in mind. What is, it, what is it really teaching? What's under the surface here? Uh, I'll give another example of, of wine. And if you just... There's a very good... Uh, friend that I had and actually used to work for me some and and uh, his mom was a uh, bartender and uh, just beer wasn't the hard stuff or whatever and, and uh, my understanding she didn't even drink and this was uh, a few people in the family but one of the boys all of a sudden got religion then he, he had the family tore apart saying that mom's going to hell if she don't quit her job in there. And, I mean, that's a pretty serious accusation. <laughs> I don't want my mom to go to hell. So the family was torn up. This is how she made her living. 
So this one man was talking to me about it, what it was doing to the family and everything. And, you know, sometimes, and I'm not good, I, I fall way short witnessing outside, but sometimes I, I found it's, rather than trying to teach them chapter and verse, to kind of throw a monkey wrench in kind of what they're believing that they might question it. So anyway, this, this uh, man was telling me this, how it was tearing his one brother got religion, and it was tearing a whole family apart. I mean, this is, they took this serious. So I said, well, I said, ask him if, uh, although she, I, again, I'm pretty sure she didn't even drink. But if her serving that is going to send her to hell, what about the guy that, that drives the delivery truck that delivers it? Well, he's kind of, kind of stuck and said, well, yeah, he'd have to go to hell too. And I says, well, th so that, this took place, you know, uh, over a period of a few weeks. I said, well, ask him about the brewer that makes this beer. Would they go to hell? And again, he was kind of getting trapped a little more time. Yeah, yeah they'd, they'd have to go to hell too. And I, then I asked him, since the brewer, the one that made the alcoholic beverage, would go to hell, I says, what about if someone took water and turned it into wine? Which we know is Jesus Christ. Would that person go to hell? And that was the last I heard about it. But you see what they was, they didn't see anything beneath the surface as they studied the scriptures. So we're, we're going to be looking at, at wine. We'll call it wine. It's an alcoholic beverage. We're going to call it wine. But we're going to try to understand what, what is it? And what is it teaching? Uh, again, we're going to find where it's, it's good to drink wine. We're going to find where it's bad to drink wine. So then, is the scriptures inconsistent? And the answer is, is no, the scriptures are not inconsistent. We would be inconsistent, but not the scriptures. And most people say, well, it's, or a lot of people will say, well, it's not, it's how you use it. Uh, if you don't drink too much, it's okay. And that's a very popular belief. How much? How much is too much? Give me some ounces or something. I wouldn't want to, uh, and by the way, I, I don't really like wine. And the more expensive it is, the worse I hate it. But anyway, but uh, it's how much you drink, they say. Well, give me fluid ounces. I wouldn't want to be okay here and then drink another ounce and go to hell. Of course, they don't know the difference between the hell and the lake of fires. You folks are blessed to know the difference. But uh, I hear that a lot in different ways. Well, how much or how good do you have to be? Well, I'll tell you, it says if you break one of the law, you're guilty of the whole if you want to look at it that way. So what we'll find in our study is it's not the quantity that you drink. So many ounces or 
fifths or pints or gallons or whatever it is. It's, it's not that. And they said, no, I can go to Scripture. Well, we'll go to that Scripture. It doesn't mean what I used to think it meant and what the world thinks it means. So it's not the quantity of the wine. It is the quality. It, there are different wines, and that, that is the key to understanding. So <coughs> it depends on the kind of wine, whether it's good or bad. So let's go first to Revelation chapter 17. <coughs> Again, as we study this and you see the word wine, think of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees and how, uh, if we took that face value, how all far off track that we would be. Revelation 17 and uh, first two verses. Here we're going to see a, a bad wine. <clears throat> And there came one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls and talked with me, saying unto me, Come here, I will show thee the judgment of the great harlot that sitteth upon many waters, with whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication, and the inhabitants of the, the, inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with the wine of her fornication. So we see a drunkenness here. We see it talking about a wine. But it's not talking about a literal wine. It's talking about a particular type of wine. Because again, we're going to see where it's good to drink wine. Uh, so this is a bad wine. And I put the word earth in there. Well, I didn't put it in there. Emphasis, tried to emphasize it. Uh, have made drunk, let's see, well, the inhabitants of the earth. So keep that earth in mind as you study this. And I assume you'll continue to be on your mind and study it a little bit because I'm not going to exhaust it, that's for sure. Now, Revelation chapter 18 and verse 3. For all nations have drunk of the wine, of the wrath, of her fornication. And the kings of the earth have committed fornication with her. And the merchants of the earth... Why is it... I shouldn't pause on this, but why is it saying earth? Well, the people on the moon and Mars, it doesn't affect them. No, you know earth and you study that and, and you'll have a better understanding. So merchants of the earth have grown rich through the abundance of her delicacies. Oh, they, they grew so rich, or at least they thought. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, come out of her, my people, that ye be not partakers of her sins that you receive not of her plagues. Well, where do, I, where do I go to? I mean, he's talking about on the earth and everything, so I had to go to the moon to come out from her? Well, that's, yes, that's foolishness. But it is, come out from among that. Don't be joined with that. Come out from that. In verse 5, For her sins have reached into heaven, and God hath remembered her iniquities. So her iniquities, 
Reward her even as she rewardeth you, and double unto her double according to her works. What was her works? What was this sin? What was this wine people were made drunk with? In uh, the cup with which she hath filled, filled her double. So what was this wine? What was this, uh, this sin that they were all drunk with and everything? What was this? How much she has glorified herself, verse 7. How much she has glorified herself. Many had been made drunk with this wine. David, I think you reminded us that, uh, that only he would receive honor and glory, that we would not be lifted up. But here, she glorified herself. That's what her doctrine is. That's what the wine is. And that's what the ones on the earth, read Colossians, I think, 3 and 1, talks some about the earth and everything. But anyway, uh, those on the earth have been made drunk with this, intoxicated. And the instructions are, be separated from that. Don't be joined with that. Be not partakers of this wine. Be not partakers of this sin. Be not partakers of this works. Well, what, what is the sin? What is the works? What is the wine? How much she has glorified herself. How many today do you know that are drunk with this type of wine. They glorify their self. There are people that I know and, and you know would never, ever touch wine or beer or an alcoholic beverage. But Terry, they don't know it, but they're drunk. They're drunk with this wine here. They glorify themselves. And we've said so many times, I don't want to leave it out, but I won't take time to go read it. But how much she has glorified herself. Where does that come from? Isaiah 14, I won't go there, but it talks about Satan. I... I'll exalt my throne above the stars of God. I, I, I. By the way, that's cursing as well. Talk about four-letter words. No, it's that one-letter word that's the cursing. So, I, I, I'll exalt my throne above the stars of God. Glorifying self. That's where that comes from. And again, people would never, ever, ever touch literal wine are drunk. Uh, you remember, and I won't go there either, but in the uh, book of Daniel, Nebuchadnezzar. And uh, Nebuchadnezzar was king and had a dream. And Daniel interpreted a dream, told him what it was, that the kingdom was going to be taken away from him. 
And he's going to be living in exile for, said, till seven times passes over. I believe it was seven years and seven seasons. And after 12 months, this is on his mind. It, it concerned him. And he was probably looking at all of his people that he hired, his bodyguards and all that, and probably had people tasting his food and everything. Because he was worried, hey, you're going to be overthrown. But then, by his calendar, it said 12 months had passed. And he's walking on his porch. And he thought, see, nothing's happened. This dream that Daniel, uh, by God, and said he interpreted that the king is going to be taken away and everything. It's been a year. Nothing's going to happen. And as soon as the word fell of his mouth, it started. So, he's, well, he's, what he said was, uh, I built this kingdom by my might and my power and my majesty. Was he glorifying himself? <laughs> Absolutely. Glorify. He didn't say, by God's grace, I'm leader of this land. I, I, I. So he was, he was drunk with the doctrines of the whore and the harlot daughters. Been made drunk with it. How much she has glorified herself and exactly what he was doing. But the Lord used a period of seven years to sober him up. And we haven't studied that specifically for a long time, but a wonderful study. But at the end of that time, he, he exalted, he said, the most high. He looked at God. And he says, he rules in the armies of heaven and among the heavens of the earth. And all the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing. So then he looked at himself as nothing. Sobered him up. Drunk first, glorifying himself. Then sobered up by God's grace. Uh, <clears throat> Deuteronomy chapter 32. Let's go back there. Deuteronomy 32. And let's go to verse 32. For their vine, and we're talking about the vine, they're talking about the grapes, which is where the wine comes from. For their vine is the vine of Sodom, and their fields of Gomorrah. Their grapes are the grapes of gall. Their clusters are bitter. Their wine is the poison of serpents, or your Bible may say dragons. Their wine is the poison of serpents and the cruel venom of asps. So you see this wine, and it talks about their wine. Uh, and it's, it's as a, a poison of a snake and everything. That's, that's this, again, it's the quality of the wine. This is a quality of wine that you don't want. Uh, in verse 17, this is who it's talking about, Deuteronomy 32, 17. Uh, said, they sacrificed it to demons, not to God, 
to gods whom they knew not, to new gods who came newly up, whom your fathers feared not. So this, so this describes those people, and it talks about their wine. Their wine is as a poison of asp. So their, their vine, their grapes, the fruit from their vine, their wine is as the poison of asp. They're made drunk with it. And this, comes, this, come, this wine comes from those that sacrifice the demons, not to God. To new gods. Boy, we have new gods every day if you listen to the religious people almost. But the new gods. So this is a type of wine we see where it comes from. From this particular vine that they glorify their self. And let me say this, vine of the earth. So that wine, you don't want to drink. Be separate from that. Don't be partakers of that. But you know, there's another vine. And... Uh, the Lord said, I am the vine, and you are the branches. He's talking about his true churches. I'm the vine, you're the branches. What kind of wine is that going to produce? Not an earthly wine. Uh, it said here, the poison of asp is under the lips with, with, this, with this wine. But the, the wine from, of which comes from the Lord is the vine and branches, see, it's a different wine. And hopefully we'll, hopefully we'll get to that, and maybe not. Uh, I want to go to Romans chapter 3. Uh, Romans chapter 3 and... Uh, Let's just go straight to verse 13. Their throat is an open sepulcher. With their tongues they have used deceit. The poison of asp is under the lips, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Can you see all that in what we've looked at? What's, what's under the poison of asp is under their tongues. That's from the wine of those that don't, can't see and don't believe in the true God, in the new God. That's from that wine, the wine where they glorify themselves. And it says the poison of asp is under their lips. And their mouth is full of cursing. And as I say, there's, there's other people that would not dare say a four-letter word but their mouth is full of cursing. I, Nebuchadnezzar was, I built this kingdom, my might, my power. Satan, I'll, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. So today we're people, well, I made up my mind a long time ago I was going to heaven. I've heard that. I 
made the right choice. I made the decisions. I, I, I. And they're drunk. And their mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. And they're drunk with the wine of the whore and her daughters. How much she has glorified herself. And brothers and sisters, they don't have a clue. Now, the Lord may use you or somebody else to bring them out of that, but they, they don't have a clue. Uh, so it said the poison of asp is under their lips. Let's take a little side tour here. Matthew chapter 15. So the lips and the mouth, and their mouth is full of uh, gall and, and cursing and, and all this, and the poison of asp is under their tongue, in their mouth. So what, uh, what about this then? That we've talked about before about the lines and the teeth and all that. So what about the mouth of these that has this in it as the poison of asp is, is under the lips? What, what about this and what about this, uh, this wine? Uh, Matthew 15 and verse 18. But those things which proceed out of the mouth. We just read about some. Their mouth was full of cursing. Poison of asp is under their lips. But those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart, and they defile man. For out of the heart cometh evil thoughts, murders, of course, murders would come from the mouth. That's where the poison of asp is. Adultery, fornication, theft, false witness, blasphemies. So this is from those that have this wine, that's drunk with this wine, as the poison of asp that's under their lips. Let's, I'm not going to get finished, I see. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 29 and maybe we'll, well, actually, let's go to 28 first. We may bring this up again tonight. Well, actually, there's several things I, I really need to bring up again, so we'll probably look at it again tonight. But Isaiah 28. And 7. But they also have erred through wine. What kind of wine do you think it was? Were you, do you think it was from the earthly vine or the heavenly vine, which Jesus Christ is the vine and we're the branches? What, so this, this wine here that they've erred, what wine do you think it comes from? And it's from that earthly vine. But they also have erred through wine and through strong drink or out of the way. What is the way? Everybody can tell us Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the way. We know that. But those that are drunk, they stagger out of the way. And they have all these other kind of ways. Stop smoking. Stop drinking. Stop working on Sunday. Stop gambling. They have all these other ways. I heard one even stop eating light bread. 
because uh, it's bad for the body. So they have a lot of different ways. But they're drunk and they stagger out of the way. Verse 7, but they also have erred through wine and through strong drink or out of the way. The priests and the prophets have erred through strong drink. They are swallowed up of wine. They are out of the way through strong drink. They err in vision and stumble in judgment. So here you got the vision. This, this wine also causes poor vision. They, they're not seeing correctly and everything. So they are out of the way when they're drunk with this wine. And again, there's people that would, would, would never, ever touch wine, but they're drunk. And a, a symptom or a sign or an effect is they stagger out of the way. They'll, they'll say Jesus is the way, but over here, well, but you have to do this, and you have to do that, and it's on and on and, and never, really, never really stops. So think on that today. Lord willing, we'll maybe bring it up this evening and maybe clear up a few more things. May the Lord bless the speaking of his word. We are dismissed.